Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matthew Embry Bradshaw. I am the POTUS of 2020. Thank you for tuning in. I don't really have much to talk about today, so I'm just going to wing it, you know? Which I don't usually have a plan. I just decide a topic. And usually there's only other, there's only three other episodes. Um, one thing I want to do, because I think part of this is to let people know about me. And I want to talk about discrimination in America. And the struggles of people like me. Like for instance, uh, let's say you're at work. And... Something's going on that shouldn't be going on. This is sort of like a low-class whistleblower thing. You know, because like, for instance, I've worked in many places where people are stealing, where people are doing things they shouldn't be doing. But they're also in management. They're in authority over you. And most of the time, you cannot say something to do what's right without getting in trouble. What I'm getting at, and this is just, that's just one small example, of course. I mean, as soon as I'm saying this, many people are probably like, yeah, I know all kinds of things you're talking about. I'm afraid to lose my job over doing what's right. And it's discrimination. Discrimination against an employee who actually is looking out for the company better than whoever they would be saying something about. However, the Bible says don't say anything against another man's servant. So most of the time I don't say anything because I'm not in authority to do anything about it. And unfortunately, the the authority either doesn't care or is on their side or believes and trusts the person who is doing them wrong. There needs to be a way, for instance, at at will work states, I think it's what it is, right to work states. I used to, um, when I was in Nashville Auto Diesel College, I worked at a auto parts place and auto shop. I won't say who it is, but they sold parts and they did repairs. And the old guy who worked there, the oldest technician, he was a career mechanic. He lived in Nashville, where I was going to school at, and he was constantly bombarded with students who come in there and get jobs, take away money off his out of his pocket because, you know, when it's slow, you have to split the jobs up. And he had a very bitter, sour taste towards folks like me who would come in while we were at school trying to work and get experience because he said, well, you're just in here and out of here, and I'm, I'm here all the time. And there was one day that I was in line with what I was supposed to do. It was my job. It was my ticket. And he started working on it. He pulled it in. And I said, hey, man, I said, that's my, my ticket. And, or maybe I pulled it in. I don't remember. Either way, I remember I was coming back, and he was working on the ticket that I was supposed to be working on. And I said, hey, um, we can work on this together. That's fine. I know it's slow. I said, but, you know, I'm going to work on this. And next thing I know, I come back in and I get fired. And I know, regardless of what they said, I know that it had to do with him. Because he warned me and gave me a warning 
that, you know, I would regret whatever and I'll see and all this kind of stuff. And so I ended up losing my job. Now, at the time, I was living in my car. And, or maybe this was right before I was living in my car. I might have been in the dorm. I was only in the dorm for like a month or two. It wasn't very long at all. And then I was in my car. By October, I was in my car. Because I didn't have enough financial aid to continue the dorm room. So, in order to continue in school, I had to sleep in my car. So, that is the consequence of a right to work or whatever it's called, state. And they told me, when they fired me, I was like, y'all have to have some kind of reason to fire me. I didn't do nothing. And granted, they did come up with something. But, and that's the problem with justice in your employment realm, if you will. Because how many people have been fired or let go of something that happened a long time ago, but they just kind of kept it on the books and they let it go as long as it, they seemed it was more beneficial to have you there or there wasn't any issues with somebody. And this is exactly what I was talking about with the first thing I brought up. As soon as somebody begins to stand up for what is right, you almost always find out, or my experience is, that the reason things that are corrupt are going on is because the leadership is corrupt. I would like to bring something else up. Um, I haven't had a license or an ID since... I believe it was March of 2019. Now, some people might say, why? The short answer is the police took it from me. Why? The short answer of that is my license was suspended. Why? The short answer of that is I didn't have insurance. Why? It wasn't that I didn't have the money, although at times I didn't have a lot of money. It wasn't that I didn't try to get insurance, but because I was homeless. Because I was homeless, it turns out that an insurance company will not write a homeless person a policy. To me, this is discrimination. And paired with another type of discrimination that I experienced at the exact same time is the type of thing that keeps the poor getting poorer. I applied at a certain pizza joint. And I put in my address, I put homeless. I was immediately told by the manager on duty that I need to put some type of address there. Because if I put, if I leave it homeless, I will not even be considered. So how does a homeless person, this is right now, this particular thing is about discrimination. And I'm pulling from my personal experience. This is not some story I heard or read about. This is reality what happened to me. So how is a homeless person supposed to get on their feet? When number one, even if someone was willing to help them, let's say they have a vehicle, and someone is willing to help them get legal so that they can drive their vehicle back and forth to a job that would allow them 
to have enough money to get out of the impoverished, homeless, jobless situation that they are in. It's discrimination, folks. It keeps the poor poor and the rich rich. So I couldn't get a job, or at least not at this one place, not without lying. I couldn't get insurance without lying. The insurance companies told me, hey, you can go to a shelter. I've already mentioned this before. Six months, use that address. But like I told them, I would be leaving that address and going and staying somewhere else outside of that insurance coverage area. And I don't understand why they wouldn't want to know the truth. You know, I don't understand why if a homeless person, you know, there are plenty of people who live, quote, the van life, you know, they drive around, they live in their vehicles, they enjoy life. Some of them enjoy it better than others. But the idea of that type of life is to live free, is to experience life, to work so that you can live life, not work so that you can pay tons of bills and be strapped down to another form of slavery by way of credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, whatever, you know, rent-a-center loans. It doesn't matter. Everything in this society is encourages us to accrue debt so that we can live our life. But in reality, there's a lot of people, including myself, who have realized that ain't the way to live. Work enough to live. And then don't work no more than that. Unless you have goals that in, that require you to work more than that. Like if you're trying to, in my opinion, this is the best way to go, pay off something debt-free. So you work really hard and you save up your money and you do that. And then boom, you're debt-free and you've, you've acquired that thing or you've reached that goal. But the system is designed to make you a slave. It is designed to discriminate against you. It is designed to keep you dependent upon a system who then looks down upon you for being dependent on a system. Discrimination, guys. Discrimination. There's all types of discrimination. For instance, another one. I'm, I'm just pulling from me, guys. I'm not trying to just put the spotlight on me, but I mean, that's kind of what this show is about. So you get to know who I am, and you get to hear me talk, and you get to know how I feel about things. It's the only way to truly know who I am unless you actually come and meet me, which I hope to meet millions of you. Another time I've tried to get a job... Long hair and a beard is an issue. I love the service industry. It's just the fact. That's why I'm running to be president. Because it is the ultimate position of service. And I want to serve all of us. I want to ensure that the leadership of this country has the mindset to uncompromisingly put us in right standing with the Almighty and promote liberty and freedom as he said 
to eat, drink, and be merry and to enjoy the fruits of our labor. You know, that's what this country needs to be about. That's what I want to look upon this country and see. The citizens of this country are able to enjoy life without bondage. That's what I want personally. I want to enjoy life without bondage. I don't want to be bound to pills or drugs or alcohol or any type of substance that God did not create for me to enjoy. And I don't want to be a slave to the almighty dollar. I like having money. It's a great tool. It helps me get things done. It's a resource that we all need. And we, have, we can't really do without. Not right now. But I've been unable to get jobs just because of my long hair and my long beard. Even though I tell them when it's a food industry thing, I'm willing to wear a hairnet and I'm willing to wear a beard net. Which discrimination says, hey, if you, you, you have to make some type of accommodation for your people. And I'm not even asking for an accommodation that's not outside of the realm of feasibility. And been denied. For instance, Papa John's. I love working at Papa John's. But they used to not let people work that had a beard. Unless you had a goatee only. And it had to be a short goatee. Hair couldn't be down past the collar. Didn't matter if you kept it up. Now, if you're a girl, you can have long hair. But if you're a guy, you can't have long hair. Discrimination. That's what it is, guys. Discrimination. And nobody wants hair in their food. Especially if it's off of somebody who looks nasty and dirty. But it's discrimination. I'm trying to think of other ways that I personally have been discriminated against. I mean, I'm poor. I've always been poor. I ain't really ever had a lot of money. When I was growing up a kid, I never had the best clothes or the best shoes or the name brand this and the name brand that. And I got bullied and blah, blah, blah. That's not really a big deal. I'm not black. However, my income has always been equal to the statistics of the low black and brown Latino communities. Which... Makes me, I mean, I'm just one of you guys. You know, I grew up around people like me. I remember hanging out in trailer parks. I, I don't mind trailer parks. It's actually kind of a fun place to live when you're a kid because there's lots of kids. I grew up in a subdivision. Surrounded by woods. So I had a good balance of that life. For a while. Then I grew up in the country. I've grown up in the city. I mean, I've just been around. And I've seen people discriminated against. And I know people who right now, because they're black, they will tell you. I get pulled over. I'm black, I'm gonna get shot. 
What the crap? Why is that even the mentality? I'll tell you why. Because we live in a country that discriminates against people. We live in a country racism has not stopped. You know, and honestly, and I mean, I'm, this might make some people mad at me, but when I hear people of color bringing up racism, like, I'm sorry, but the new app, BLK, that is a racist app. Why do people want to keep separating each other? Why do we want to keep discriminating against each other? Why can't we drop the labels? Why can't we truly be colorblind in the sense that the color of your skin does not affect my feelings toward you. It does not affect my decisions of how I will treat you, how I will bless or curse you, what doors I will open to you, what fears I have based on stereotypes immediately when I look at you. Why can't we just pull away from it? Why can't we just love humanity? Yes, there is terrorism all around the world. And you are never going to be able to pigeonhole one demographic as terrorists. People are like, oh, yes, we can. Muslims are more likely to be terrorists. Well, not according to the Quran. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've read part of it and what I've read so far. Maybe I need to read more. But from what I understand and from the Muslims that I've talked to and known, most of them just want peace. And they want to please Allah, which is their word for God. And God, if you look in the Bible in the Hebrew, just means supreme authority. So whoever it is in your life that you hold this supreme authority, it might be your boss. That's your God. What is it that you answer to above all and are willing to discriminate against everyone else based upon that God or that supreme authority or that leadership in your life? Because that's what God is ultimately. There is the one true God who is the creator of it all. To be clear, I do not believe in evolution. To be clear, I do not believe that we are billions of years old. Because I have an understanding of science, and this is what it is. Number one, God created Adam as a man. He created the Garden of Eden. He created all the plants. He created a way within them to reproduce. But the baseline of what I'm getting at here is he created them with what we would term as age. They were already old. They were already grown. They were already developed. The earth itself. You know, the Bible says that they gain so much knowledge that they become fools. And it talks about the mysteries of God that men won't figure out. But we're going to try to figure them out. And sometimes we figure some things out and other times we don't. So we make up stuff that sounds good or stuff that nobody can disprove. And then we call that fact. 
on that note, I've been discriminated against just because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. People tell me I'm not allowed to wear certain things or say certain things when I've been employed at different places because you're not allowed to do that. That's discrimination. Well, my worldview comes from a, a worldview of love, compassion, mercy, and justice, doing what is right. And I have that worldview because I am a student of the Word of God. I have that worldview because I know God. I have that worldview because God is merciful every day. It says that His mercy is new every morning. God doesn't discriminate against anyone. He draws a line. He says, this is what's good for you. This is the plan I have for you. This is the design I have for you. This is what will most fulfill you. And then we discriminate against God's design because we want to exalt self. Self-exaltation seems to promote discrimination. The Bible says, He who is to be the greatest among you must be servant of all. And I think that that is the problem with our current leadership in Congress and in the White House. We have discriminatory leadership. And as the leader, you cannot lead an entire country of people while isolating your citizens, discriminating against your citizens. I am Matthew Embry Bradshaw. I am the POTUS of 2020. And I will not discriminate against you. I will find a way to bring the balance across the board for every race, every nationality, every gender, every religion, so that we can bring peace in America. I will firmly stand and outrightly speak against racism. I will speak against every form of discrimination, no matter what your term is. I will speak against discrimination. I'll be right back, guys. Hang in there. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening to that ad. My name is Matthew Emery Bradshaw, the POTUS of 2020. I am attempting to do something that is absolutely and unquestionably impossible. And unfortunately, the reason that it's impossible is because your normal everyday citizen who wants to rise up and stand for what is right and serve the people of its constituency, of its region, district, state, nation. There's an unspoken discrimination against the poor, against the least of these. It is almost impossible 
for someone who sees what is right and is willing to stand for what is right to rise and keep rising. There is so much corruption against what is right. There is so much discrimination against that exact premise. What is right? The fact that the Constitution says that because I'm 35 years old, because I'm a natural born citizen, and because I've lived in the nation the last 14 years of my life, I am qualified to be on every ballot in the United States. I am qualified to run as candidate for the presidency and to be available for people to cast their ballot for me. My name is Matthew Embry Bradshaw. I'm running as an independent candidate. Technically, I'm homeless. So technically, I'm running as a homeless candidate. Now granted, right now I'm standing in a home. But this home is not mine. This home is not a secure place for me. This home is not where I will be. And unfortunately, my circumstance brings the impossible to another level of impossibility. It brings my chances of getting known, just being able to get out and talk to people, just having the money to put out ads or forget ads and billboards. All I need is enough money to travel America continuously, doing loops throughout America for the next eight months. But that's as best as I can do as one man. And I can't even afford to do that. So what level of discrimination do you experience in America? What level of discrimination has derailed your life at times? To where if you could have just got that loan, or you could have just got that job, It would have changed everything. Maybe you lost a job because someone found out something about you that now they just, oh man, we can't have him work here. He's a this. You know, there's just laws that ain't right in this country. They're unbalanced and they're discriminatory. And you have my word as President of the United States that I will not stand for injustice. I won't. My executive pen and the executive power given to me by the Constitution and by Congress will always hold me accountable to this statement. Mark my words. Will always 
sign something for the people. If it is not for the people, I won't sign it. If it is for the people, especially the vast majority of the people, and I know that the vast majority of the people want it, it's more likely to get signed. But even then, if I look upon it, and I see the injustice, and the American people, and their voice being silenced on the issue, and I travel and I talk to the American people, and even though it's went through Congress and it's went through the House and, and the Senate and it's sitting before my desk, if the American people are screaming out to me, no, this is not us, our representatives are not representing us, this is not right, I will choose what's right. I mean, that's all you have to do. What is right? Now, if you have some kind of conflict in your life about what is right and wrong, it's going to be very difficult for you to pin down what you think I'll do because you don't even know what right and wrong is. But first, you can know that whether you believe in the Word of God as the Word of God or as just some book put together by men, which the Bible says that all Scripture is inspired by God. All of it. All scripture. That doesn't mean every book. That doesn't mean every translation. But that means that what is scripture, what was scripture, will stand the test of time and will not contradict itself. Upon reflection and comparison to other manuscripts that have scripture in them. For instance, I'm not saying that the Quran is or is not scripture, but when you begin to read the Quran, the first thing that it says, it qualifies itself and says this, I'm not quoting it, but it says that the angel Gabriel said that this message that I'm bringing to you is to support and confirm and validate all previous scripture. And he was letting everyone who would read the Quran know that when you read this quote scripture, it will not violate previous scripture. It does not trump previous scripture. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes and neither does his viewpoint. Neither does his law. Neither does his love and his mercy. Neither does his judgment. Let every man be a liar. God does not lie. So let God be true and every man a liar. So whether or not you hold the scriptures as the value that I do, I would encourage you to look at them as a text at the bare minimum if you have disregarded them as scripture from the almighty God given through the power of the Holy Spirit into men who are held accountable and who cherish the word and know that they cannot change it, add to it, or take away without the penalty of eternal death. Look at the book as the Quran calls the people like me, the people of the book. 
The Bible means the book. So, look at it as a moral guideline. And see the difference in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. See the difference in the fruition of God's law being fulfilled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, even if you don't believe in it, just go in and look at what it says. Find its baseline for humanity. Find its baseline for what is right. Find where God draws the line and says, this is right. I'm not discriminating against anybody. I've drawn the same lines for everybody. And then, a lot of that's going to lead you to, well, that means that that you probably hate sinners and want sinners to die. No, that doesn't because that's not what God wants. God sent his son so that none would have to perish. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. While you are in sin, while I am in sin, God shows mercy. When while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So even though you don't believe in the Jesus Christ part of it, and you don't believe in the God is the almighty powerful judge who has the authority to tell you whether or not this is right and wrong, still look at those lines and see that God says to not be a respecter of persons, to see that God says to bless your enemies, pray for those who despitefully use you. And I might be flipping those around. But God, Jesus Christ, his son, Put forth the balance of love and mercy. Yes, there is a consequence, which you may not accept. But even without that eternal spiritual consequence, we have consequences now. And when we begin to make legislation that discriminates against the human beings and the people that God created and said that there shall be no discrimination. That we are all from one blood. Humanity has one blood. Now granted, we've got the different types. But we are human. Science proves this. You you can get a transplant from any person of any color as long as it's the right blood type. But it doesn't matter the color. In fact, God made it that way so that we could not discriminate. Well, we only want black blood. We only want yellow blood. We only want white blood. We only want red blood. Or whatever color you decide to look at yourself as. I won't discriminate against you. I don't want you to discriminate against me. I love you. I love every American. I might not like a lot of Americans because they do what's wrong. But God's mercy is new every day. And people can get freedom from the things that bind them. You know, a lot of times people are bound by the discrimination upon them. How many times have I heard people say, well, people accuse me of doing it. I might as well do it. 
I don't agree with that. I've never agreed with that. I think it's a cop-out. To not take responsibility for doing what's right just because everybody else is expecting you and accusing you of doing wrong. So what? The Bible says the truth will last forever and a lie but a moment. So let them lie about you and do what's right. Don't compromise because other people are. But I'm Matthew Emery Bradshaw. I have experienced certain levels of discrimination. Maybe I've mentioned all of them here. I doubt it. I don't really plan these episodes. I was just sitting and I wanted to talk to you guys. And I wanted to put out something that has been on my heart periodically lately. And I want you to know that as your leader, I will not discriminate against you based on anything other than what is right. But then it's not discrimination. If you're not doing what is right, that's just justice. Then we got to ask ourselves, what is right? How was? How do we know that he's not going to use that as a as a tool to enslave people and incarcerate people and to make law. Oh, well, it's doing what's right. We're just doing what's right. Well, no, my decisions and my viewpoint of what is right, again, comes from the Word of God. The Word of God says to take care of the poor. In fact, to the Israel nation, it said to do a 3.33% tithe per year just for the poor. The Bible talks about taking care of those who cannot take care of themselves. Those who are impoverished and poor, whether they're a stranger or a citizen. Don't discriminate when it comes to what is right. Only, and discriminate really doesn't even work, maybe, maybe it does. Discriminate against what is wrong. That's it. Draw the line where it's wrong. If you want to serve some other God, that is ultimately up to you. And as long as serving that God does not infringe upon the rights of others, meaning you don't make anybody else serve your God, and you don't bother people about the fact that you don't serve their God, and you serve your God in humility, love, compassion, and you do what's right, the Bible says that even those without the law who do and abide by the law, it's going to be accounted to them for doing what's right. Even without knowing what the good law says. What the law of God says. And the law of God is a schoolmaster that leads us unto Christ. Who is a forgiver. Who is an advocate. Who is the lamb. And who ultimately is the king of kings and lord of lords. I know some of y'all might not agree with that. And that's okay. Don't click the podcast off because of that. 
Because what I'm talking about here is discrimination and how you'll know whether or not I will discriminate against a situation, a group of people, whatever. And I want you to know where I stand. And where I stand is firmly upon the word of God. And God is just. God created marijuana. God created alcohol. God created the idea of eating and drinking and being merry and hanging out with everybody and having a good old time and enjoying the fruits of your labor. It specifically says that it is a gift from God. God does not discriminate upon you. If you have an evil heart and you work or you don't work, maybe you steal, but that's your labor. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying. Even God says that the whatever labor you do, whether it's right or wrong, the enjoyment of the fruit of your labor is a gift from God. Now the question is, did you get that enjoyment because you extorted people, stole from people, discriminated against people? And if that's the case, enjoy it while you can, because I guarantee you, because God is just, the hammer will drop. And you will reap what you have sowed. Nowadays, people call it karma. Well, guess what, guys? Karma has no power other than it stands upon the law of God that says you will reap what you sow. Everyone in the world understands that. That you do something, you're going to get something back. Good or bad. That doesn't mean all good people have only good things happen to them because there's a lot of evil in this world. And evil does not discriminate. Evil only bows to a greater evil. So, whether you love God or not, believe God is real. Whether you're atheist, agnostic, or some other religion with multiple gods. Or maybe you would say that you serve the same God as me. The same supreme authority in my life. And that is the key here. Politicians, leadership will always sell you out and discriminate against you based upon who the supreme authority is in their life. So if that's big donors, special interest groups, or someone at home saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to leave you. If you don't stand for this, I'm going to leave you. There's all types of different pressures from family, surroundings, jobs that cause our leaders to discriminate against us. I will never, and I'm not really again, I'm not really for saying the word never. Because usually when you say never, you end up doing it. But I can tell you right now that Lord willing, I will never discriminate against the American people. And I will find the balance. And until the balance is struck, I will not sign any legislation into law. 
The American people deserve this kind of leadership. The American people deserve someone who will fight for their interests. That is why I want a certain person to be my vice president. Bernie Sanders. He has lived a life of fighting against discrimination. He has lived a life. Basically, if you go back to right before I was born, you can find videos or around the time I was born of Bernie Sanders fighting against discrimination. I love it. And we must ensure that all legislation in this country, one, is supported and upheld by the Constitution of the United States. And number two, even if the Constitution allows it, we must ensure that we are united as a nation. And the only way to unite us all is to ensure that our leaders do not discriminate. Guys, this is Matthew Embry Bradshaw. Thank you for tuning in. I'm the POTUS of 2020. Please hang in there and listen to whatever ads are on here. I appreciate it all, guys. Apparently, this was about discrimination today. So if you know anybody in your life that's being discriminated against, stand up for them. Stand up for what is right, even if that turns the discrimination on you. That is what I will do as your leader, as the President of the United States in 2020. Make sure you get out and vote, guys. It is so important to vote. It is so important to make sure that your information is correct. There is too much in this nation that is discriminating against people's rights to vote. It is a suppression of democracy. It is a discrimination against the citizens. So I ask you, stand with me and fight for what is right. Stand with me and take an oath to stop discriminating. Matthew Bradshaw, visit me at thepotosa2020.com. Anybody who wants to work with my campaign, give me a call, 803-275-7216. Right now it's just me. Give me a call. If you're a person who stands for what is right, there will be no discrimination here. Matthew Embry Bradshaw, the POTUS of 2020. Tune in next time.